And welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this The Darkest Timeline. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me as always is... His shield brother, X-Rite. How's it going today, man? Let's go with not well and leave it at that, but, you know, hopefully get better. I know exactly how you feel. I'm having a very similar day. All right, well, we're recording, so hopefully that picks us both up a bit. Now we're going to talk about the people that like this show so much they choose to support us on Patreon and help make this endeavor possible. Those wonderful, wonderful people are Pam Galley, Marky, Orion McCann, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, and Elmquest, and Reed D. Now, if you'd like to join this auspicious list, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. It only costs you 25 cents an episode, and it helps make this show possible. And for a quick behind the scenes, that took us three attempts to get that uh, intro, because Ulrich keeps turning into a robot in the recording. <laughs> Man, that'd be cool if I was a robot. Life would be That's- so much easier. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, what are we talking about today, man? We are here to talk about the king of the kaiju, the terror of Tokyo, the one who puts the god and Godzilla, the beast from the east, tyrant of the orient, I'm talking motherfucking Godzilla. You know, think about it, maybe that wrestling intro would be better if you say, puts the god in his name or something like that. Be a little less anticlimactic. But yes, the king of the monsters, who we both have a special attachment to. And he's coming out with a movie either soon after this recording gets released or recently before this recording got released. Sometime in that time frame. I don't know how, if you grew up in the 90s, you are not a fan of Godzilla. Because Godzilla movies played all the time during that afternoon block of TV when they didn't have anything else to play, which is kind of why I think it started in the 90s. They had that time gap to fill, and I bet you they could buy it cheap. Well, you know what's funny is that I didn't really experience that at all. For me, it was, and for most of my friends, it was that we all had a, you know, those like milk crates that were... Uh, you know, there were boxes essentially, but with like holes in them because they were just like wire mesh essentially. I just had one of those filled with cassette tapes. I had those too, but my earliest introduction was watching Godzilla movies on TV with my uncle when he babysat me and my mom was at work because he was a big sci-fi junkie and Godzilla had dinosaurs 
in you know the form of Godzilla to a four-year-old and explosions and it was awesome. And then, yeah, later on when Toho released the cassette tapes, my parents would go and, you know, collect the various ones and I watched them over and over again. Godzilla is one of those things that's been in my life so long that it literally, I was already a fan of it by the time I became cognizant of memory. So I can't tell you how I got started in it. I've just always loved Godzilla. I literally was too young uh, to form the memory of when I got into him. So. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I, I think I was maybe three years old watching Godzilla. And I mean, we've talked about it in our toys episode. I had a bunch of Godzilla toys. And it's kind of this weird thing of the 90s that Godzilla was king for a while. <laughs> uh, he's still king as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, he was kind of like, I mean, there was that point where a lot of the toy aisle was basically Godzilla and Transformers, and that seemed to be about it, right? Yeah. Uh, like I th- There was, I had a huge pack of Godzilla toys, I remember, and there was a little bit of Godzilla everything. I mean, there was inflatable Godzillas, wind-up Godzillas. I still don't know why it took off as much as it did, except that, you know, Godzilla well, seems like okay. custom-made for kids. So, for anyone, I mean, I... Godzilla is a cultural goddamn icon, so if you somehow don't have a basic set of knowledge about Godzilla, then I don't know how you live on this planet. But just to say, you know, Godzilla was originally created in like the 19, uh, late 40s or something like that. Post World um, War II, so 50s. <clears throat> 50, okay, I just I don't have the exact year in head. The, I mean, the point is that it is post World War II. That's the important point. Because <clears throat> the movie. Gozira, however you want to pronounce it, uh, is originally a you know big metaphor for the na- atom bombs that went off in Japan. Except now it's just a big monster. And if you watch you know the original version and not the Americanized version, where they suddenly made an American the hero, because well, he was more a POV. It was never meant to be a franchise starter. It was meant to be this big like, hey, this is what. It, the atom bomb did to us. This is what it seemed and felt like. This, this is the horror of it. So, you know, Godzilla starts off as a giant walking uh, metaphor. And then we start getting movies afterwards, you know, you know, returns and whatnot, where they start pitting them against other monsters that at the beginning were largely either just basically dinosaurs, like Rodan, it's just a dinosaur. Or they were themselves, you know, metaphors like the smog monster and, and stuff like that. But it just became like a, hey, that first movie was so successful. Let's see what else we can do with this concept, right? Yeah, because I know both Rodan and Mothra were separate entities before they got rolled in to, you know, fighting Godzilla. There are separate Mothra movies, which I don't know about you, but as a kid, I always hated Mothra. I thought that was the dumbest creature ever. Like, oh. It's a giant butterfly. Get out of here. Godzilla's smashing the shit. Yeah, you're definitely not on my side about that. I adore Mothra, but also I thought Mothra was badass for being one of the only monsters to ever beat Godzilla in battle. So That always bugged me as a kid because I was a die. I was a Godzilla apologist. I remember watching the Godzilla movies and rationalizing. Godzilla doesn't mean to step on people. It's just like, you know, when I accidentally step on an ant, he doesn't realize it's there. 
All right, I um behind the curtain. I'm not a Godzilla expert. I'm just a fan, so I am looking up these terms. So don't think I'm like, oh, I remember all this off the top of my head. No. Anyway, but those original films, the first 15 are called the Showa period and take place from 1954 to 1975. And it was Godzilla raids again was what I was trying to think of earlier. So it came out the next year. So like they picked up on. But then there's like a seven-year gap between Godzilla Raids again and King Kong versus Godzilla, which is the third movie, and basically the only reason why Godzilla got any traction in the West originally, which kind of sucks because that movie, not great, like for, as far as I'm concerned, I'm in the Godzilla canon. <laughs> you bite your tongue, sir. No, uh, I love Godzilla films, but I think that King Kong versus Godzilla is overrated, personally, as far as Godzilla canon is concerned. Okay, firstly, gotta put huge quotation marks around Godzilla canon because that's an own interesting thing. But I, that's like one of my earliest memories was getting excited for the Godzilla versus King Kong fight and talking with my dad trying to figure out who was gonna win because he was an old school Kong fan. He's like, oh, I don't know, Kong's pretty strong. I'm like, yeah, but Godzilla breathes fire. Yeah, and of course, this is oddly enough, uh, has gone on kind of public record for now, but. There is a rumor that there are two versions of King Kong versus Godzilla, one in which Godzilla wins and then the one in which King Kong wins. Not true. Even in the original release, King Kong wins, which is bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that one did bug me as a kid, and I'm sure there was some behind-the-scenes reason for it. But It's funny because, like, as you just put it, right... The next movie that came out was Mothra versus Godzilla, and I was never bothered by Mothra beating Godzilla. But that's because I, Mothra's whole lore was about him or her being this like status ailment kind of thing. Which I maybe because I'm a big fan of Pokemon, that idea of like, oh, I poison and put you to sleep and uh, carry you off into space. And I know. It, whereas King Kong is just literally a brute force ape, so I, I found Mothra way more fascinating. I also liked Mothra's design a lot more, especially. Well, it's kind of more based in Japanese cultural things than King Kong, which is just a big ape. So, yeah, I don't know. I like Mothra way more as a monster, so that didn't bother me when Godzilla would lose to Mothra. You gotta remember, this is viewed through the filter of a four-year-old. And to a four-year-old, monkey versus dinosaur always beats dinosaur versus moth. Yeah, apparently not, because I, you know, I was a four-year-old as well, and I thought King Kong was a boring monster, whereas I thought Mothra was an interesting one. So we've already established you were a strange child. You don't need to drive the point home. It's funny because I feel like every time I disagree with you, you have to be like, oh, you were just strange. But we'll table that for another, you know, we'll day. let people <laughs> settle it in the comments. Godzilla or King Kong or Mothra, which was your go to kaiju? Well, neither one's my go to kaiju. Anyway, okay, next. I'm not saying go to kaiju, but yeah, you get what I mean. So yeah. Rodan. Rodan. Well, actually, actually, Rodan was well, awesome. Yeah, kind. I mean, yeah, Rodan shows up the next movie, but the next movie is literally Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, which is yes, which is pretty much what um, the movie that's coming out soon is aping because it's King Ghidorah, Rodan, Mothra, and Godzilla, those four monsters. And that's you know the fifth movie in the whole Godzilla franchise, and now they're kind. That's what they're kind of recreating with Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Which, by the way, since we haven't seen it at time of recording, I cannot. I've seen those trailers and I know that I cannot be in any way objective about it. Like that movie could suck and I'm probably still going to love it just because. Yeah. There's a lot to love in those trailers, but yeah, King Ghidorah. See, 
I remember, I don't know what movie it was, but the first movie I watched, maybe it was just the American edition, the dub had him as Monster Zero instead of King Ghidorah. He didn't come out to like King Ghidorah until like a couple movies later for me. But I still remember going, oh, this is a way better nemesis for Godzilla than a dumb moth. <laughs> this is, we got a new axe to grind between me and uh, Ulrich, apparently, because I love Mothra. So, but Ghidorah is an amazing nemesis. Like it's a in, flying uh, dragon that shoots lightning. Yeah, and that sound that uh, Ghidorah makes, like that's I, that's almost as iconic as Godzilla's roar itself, man. See, I think we need to talk about that real quick. The sound design from these movies, the original Godzilla theme, all the various kaiju noises, that is just, you know, like a lightning rod for my childhood nostalgia. Yeah, I remember when the trailer came out for the 20... 20- 14 or 2012 whatever it was whatever that godzilla when the trailer came out for that that actually had godzilla just roaring at the screen like i had a visceral reaction to that that just shut down most of my logic circuits because like that movie right 11 minutes of that movie are awesome for me the rest of it pretty much blows but I, those 11 minutes were so awesome that i kind of don't care so that's not logical or objective or even like good criticism that's just telling you how i feel <laughs> so no, I get it. I mean, I don't think we're going to talk too much about whatever that one was because I don't like it. And you only like 11 minutes of it. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a pretty weak Godzilla movie. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Uh, by the way, that roar, <clears throat> I used to know this, but I, I I couldn't think of the exact terminology. So I'm looking it up. That roar was produced by rubbing a pine tar resin coated glove along the string of a contrabass and then slowing down the playback. I knew it was something like that. And that's just, again, I don't know if contemporary Godzilla or Godzilla is going to find his old Godzilla, at least, is not going to jive or connect with a much a modern audience because there's a bit of cheese to it. But oh, if you're a into lot. It, it's super. It. Well, after the original Godzilla film, like the camp factor goes up way high. And I don't consider oh, that a bad man. thing because I, oh, no. I like camp. But camp's the kind of thing I feel like you have to be a certain kind of person to appreciate it. And getting really into Godzilla, I think, usually requires getting into it from a young age. Like, as an adult film goer, you could probably get into, appreciate, and analyze the original Godzilla. But if you want to watch, like, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, the first, like, you know, badass, I'd say, Godzilla fights, you know, monsters uh, movie... I mean, yeah, technically Godzilla Raids again has him deal with like Anguirus, but I think Ghidorah's appearance is a bigger deal. So then, you know, you kind of already got to be in the right headspace. Because like my first Godzilla movie ever, Godzilla versus Megalon, which is not good, but is fun. that one? Because it kind of bleed together in my head. Megalon is the giant cockroach monster. Got it. I like that. Well, see, there's the other thing. There are a lot of these I have not seen since I was a kid because Toho sporadically releases them to, you know, whatever home video is. And when they're gone, they're gone, which is why the Toho collection costs 50 bucks. Actually, let me let me clarify. I say it's the first one. So it's the first one I remember seeing. But like I said, I was into Godzilla before I had formed memories. So but it's your earliest yeah. memory of Godzilla. Also, yeah. also Godzilla vs. Megalon had freaking Jet Jackwire in it who's awesome, and I will hear no word against him. And it was also the second movie with Gigan, who is a monster design that I still love. Oh, okay. 
I'm, I remember this one now. I liked that one, but again, I don't think I've seen that one since I was a kid. A lot of these ones I haven't seen since I was a kid. There is a handful I've gone back and recently rewatched, and yeah, the cheese is there, but the nostalgic love and my own personal connection to it supersedes it like slagathor laughs at it and goes how can you watch this and i'm just sitting with happy tears going it's so beautiful it's just look at it lightning it's funny because i find that in my experiences with woundvog like woundvog can't really take godzilla seriously but i can't take power rangers seriously and i feel like fascinating uh well i can't think of the word yeah that's the point is why i bring it up is that we kind of feel like we're on opposite sides of this weird you know, coin. I don't know how to explain that, but yeah. See, I as a kid, I always wanted Godzilla to team up and or fight the Power Rangers, and I thought that would be incredible. And I don't know why it never happened. I'm sure there's some I legal. Mean, I feel like those are competing companies. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure there is. But and I guess you know the '90s corporations were not as much into let's make all of the money. Just one yeah. some of the money. Well, you know. Uh, Toho Films in general has always been really good about that when it comes to financial decisions because Godzilla movies are I mean yeah you could say they look cheap and some of the older ones even look more expensive than newer ones because you know they go through dips and you know uh, in in how well they're doing but generally they've always been good at just making a profit like they know what kind of budget to put into their monster movie they know how to make that budget work because they're masters and then they you know, will make a profit, generally speaking. And the thing is, yeah, they may look cheap, but when you look to the amount of work that went in behind the scenes and creating the puppets and rigging the explosions on the miniatures and all of that insanity, it is insane. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I think it's awesome to watch in general. So... I'm not going to go through films one at a time, but I'm just I'm going through these kind of periods is a good kind of way to guide the conversation. So like at the end of the show, a period we get boom, boom, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and Terror of Mechagodzilla, two of my favorite Godzilla movies. So. Yeah, you can't really argue with Mechagodzilla because, again, that's kind of tapping into what kids love. He's Godzilla, but he shoots rockets. I remember the, if not the first time, one of the earliest times I was cognizant of Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and the scene where freaking Angiris thinks that it's it's Godzilla because Mechagodzilla is in like basically a Godzilla suit, and and then Mechagodzilla like rips Angiris's jaw open, and I was like, no, he's your friend, why? And fuck that that hit me so emotionally, and then so then oh, by yeah. the time it was revealed, I was like, kill him kill that mechanized monster like, yeah that's i think you've kind of tapped into what we were all feeling like this isn't godzilla what's going on here oh it's a robot kill him godzilla make him suffer also this is the movie that makes me realize that godzilla is basically superman but for monsters because at the end of the movie right it's like oh i suddenly have magnetism powers so I just I just come up with powers as I need them essentially, which doesn't bother me as a kid. I thought it's awesome, and now I think it's actually I still think it's pretty awesome. But I just yeah, think it's I'm funny. Gonna, I'm still childhood brain on Godzilla. Yeah, exactly. But I just think it's it's interesting to point out that there are plenty of movies where Godzilla just comes up with a power that he didn't have before, so and it saves the day. 
See, that's the funny thing I found, you know, going back and rewatching a lot of these old Godzilla films is as a kid, you were not there for the story. You just wanted to get to the part where the monsters fought. And, you know, as an adult, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's aliens reasoning. When are they going to fight? Well, okay, partially true. But there are a handful of human stories that I, I love. Like, I don't remember which Mechagodzilla. I think it might have been the first one. But because I, I the the three Mechagodzilla movies can get mixed up in my head sometimes. And well, actually, there's more than there's three, a, but the three like. And again, Godzilla yeah. continuity is a mess. But the point is, there was one of them that involved aliens that were essentially the Planet of the Apes, ape people. <laughs> and there was this great scene that always stuck out in my head where this one guy, I remember what his name was, but he was investigating. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, like, there's a person behind him. He's like, you know, put your hands in the air. And then he like passes out and it shows the guy behind him is this, you know, nice looking dude just holding a thing of corn. He goes, huh, I guess he thought it was a gun. He takes a bite and uh, still makes me laugh. That's the stuff you can appreciate as an adult, but I don't think I ever paid attention to as a kid. So one of the things I want to talk about, because this is one of my most visceral memories, is when you get the announcement that there's going to be a new Godzilla movie on TV. And one of the earliest ones I remember being advertised was uh, Godzilla versus space Godzilla. Well, real quick, we're getting into, like I said, the, the show up period ended with terror of Becca Godzilla. And that begins the Heisei period, which is 1984, 1995, which is maybe my favorite period. Looking at the movies that are in here. Cause we've got return of Godzilla, which is, okay i'm not gonna really talk about that much but then we've got godzilla versus biolanti which i'm not gonna say is the best because i don't think it's the best but is probably my favorite godzilla movie i have a distinct memory of that movie too yeah i adore biolanti the monster i enjoy i i love the story of like what they're doing because I don't, again, I don't know if this is true, but Godzilla vs. Biolanti is the first movie I remember that introduced the G-Factor, which became the MacGuffin for why Godzilla can do whatever he wants to do, essentially. And it was also, I remember the first time I saw where everything was like really dark, and Godzilla's design was all, all back to kind of basics, like it looked more menacing again, and he was, you know, Biolanti and Godzilla were both the same kind of creature in that they're they're both kind of bad guys, but good guys at the same time. So at the end, Violante wins the fight, but Godzilla can't die because of the G factor. So the fight felt viscerally satisfying, also kind of horrifying. Like that movie is almost a horror movie. Yeah, no, I remember that one because it was another one. I remember when it was announced and we were going to visit my cousins who are both my age and huge Godzilla fans. So we were all excited and we had all our Godzilla toys gathered around the TV for the premiere of this movie. And I just remember it's one of these visceral childhood memories of watching this and going, this is so cool. Yeah. Oh, man, I I really want that. There's that poster that shows, you know, because Biolanti in her flower form is like twice Godzilla's height. So there's this poster where it's just like Godzilla doing the full, like shows his, as he's like looking up at the Biolanti flower. And I want that in a shirt. I know I've seen that as a t-shirt and I want that shirt. There really should be more Godzilla merchandise readily available here in the States. I also love, uh, anyone who doesn't know, Biolanti is technically Godzilla's sister. At least that's the term used to describe her, which is just... I don't know. I love that term. It is, I love hearing that sentence uttered out loud. So. Yeah, Godzilla's got a weird family tree because there's Manila or 
Baby Godzilla. He's got like a hundred names, and I'm not ever Godzuki. really sure. Or Godzuki. I'm not really sure if that ever was his actual son or not. And ironically, hated him as a kid, loved him as an adult. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I, it's funny because, yeah, when you're a kid, Godzuki feels like one of those characters that is uh, frustrating to see. It's funny because whenever um, you know cartoons and stuff put in a child character, the idea, I feel like, is supposed to be, hey, we'll give a POV character to the kids watching. But I feel like kids, in my experience, always hate the child character. We just want to see the whatever the appeal of the show is. Like, you're going to give me Jackie Chan Adventures? Just give me Jackie Chan. I don't need some unknown niece who's annoying and is supposed to be my POV. Someday anyway. we will address your hatred of uh, Jade. Yeah. Anyway, so my point, Heisei period, also includes Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla. It's pretty late in the period, but that movie, uh, that movie I liked a lot too for the whole, like, it's actually a follow-up to a pre- I know that the idea, uh, it was either Mothra or Biolanti, because both of them basically went into space after beating up Godzilla, and then it was like, oh, well, they had G-Factor cells on them, and those cells mixed with space material, and now we've got Space Godzilla, who was an awesome toy with the big-ass crystal shoulders. Yep. That's why I was excited for this one is because I had the toy before the movie came out and I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's awesome looking. Yeah, I had the like I had the uh, like seven inch tall, like very movable toy. I I love that thing. I had that for years. Yeah. And I mean, if you haven't known what Space Godzilla looks like, do yourself a favor and look up a picture because it's a really striking design. And again, this is kind of what the Godzilla franchise at its best did in that they created really unique eye-catching creature designs that if you're flipping through channels you're like wait what was that big blue and red crystal thing fighting that green monster yeah plus it's funny that they haven't actually returned to space godzilla as a monster it's like you could say well you know we kind of destroyed space godzilla yeah that happens all the time <laughs> Don't the worry canon about it. doesn't matter how many times did Ghidorah come back in varying forms yeah, you know, that's a good question. I'm wonder how many times I actually see on the now. I've seen it like I think three times at this point. Uh, when that was in the Heisei period. So there's but Ghidorah, the- Mecha Ghidorah, and I'm sure there's a couple variations in between. Well, it's funny because like when he first shows up, right, he's just called Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. He's not called King Ghidorah until 1991. Well, uh, my birth year, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Anyway, so the Heisei period ends with Godzilla versus Destroya, which is probably the most depressed and sad any movie made me as a child. Because if you haven't seen Godzilla versus Destroya, like Destroya himself as a monster is really neat. He's like this really well designed. He's like a xenomorph, but as a kaiju, which is pretty crazy although he's more like demon looking he's all red and shit but he does the whole like oh um he, little parts of him come off actually now that i think about it cloverfield totally aped that shit off of destroya like little monsters come off of him anyway but the the reason the movie is actually really interesting is that at the beginning of the movie they established that godzilla is sick but because godzilla is a giant radiation monster its sickness makes it like glow red and give off tons of heat and radiation so it's like moving through you know, oceans and cities, and they're like, just like, get everything away from him, other than the regular reason of get everything away from Godzilla. But then at the end, after fighting Destroya and dealing with it, he basically has a meltdown and dies, and there's this, like, opera organ music playing, and it's it's really fucking sad. See, I remember, because my Godzilla, you know, experience, at least the earliest one I have memory of, is that very first Godzilla movie 
where they attack him with the oxygen bomb. And my brain going, he's not dead. It's Godzilla. Godzilla doesn't die. He's going to come back in, you know, looking slightly different, but still ready to take names and kick ass. Well, that's the thing. Godzilla's destroy up. He does die. It's just that Godzilla Jr. steps up and becomes the new Godzilla, essentially. Man, it's been a long time since I've it's been a long time since I've seen a lot of these. And I want them because they're awesome, but they're also ridiculously expensive to own and kind of hard to find. Actually, I I'll clarify for anyone who might think differently. The ending of Godzilla vs. Destroy is a little vague on that because Godzilla Jr. seems to die earlier on in the movie, which is a different sad moment, and then Godzilla melts down, and Godzilla seems to be there, and it's kind of left. I always thought the implication was that Godzilla Jr. healed and is now taking the place of Godzilla. But if your implicate if your interpretation is that he just powered through the meltdown essentially, ah, that seems less interesting to me. But point is, movie's a bit vague. Again, Godzilla canon. It's a mess. So that brings us into the millennium period, which is I think the first time I was aware of a Godzilla movie getting released in theaters in the states which was godzilla 2000 millennium which has a uh, orga the big like i change into what i eat monster i don't remember this one yeah orca's actually pretty cool it's kind of dumb as far as like you know plots go but it was an interesting uh monster and like i said i saw this i believe in theaters if i remember correctly and because godzilla 2000 it was a big like a big deal it was 1999 See, I have no memory of this, and I was still in my Godzilla phase, so I should have heard of this, but again, no memory of this at all, which is weird. Maybe it's because, you know, that whole time period is associated with the uh, Roland Emmerich Godzilla. Well, also, Godzilla 2000 was one of those movies that, because the Millennium Period was a new period, it ignored everything in the Heisei period and the Showa period other than the original Godzilla. It was basically a brand new continuity of, like, all right, where this is just supposed to be a sequel to 1954's Godzilla. So, again, the continuity doesn't really matter. And honestly, I'd argue it's kind of better for it because you can jump in at any point and go, oh, that was fun, and not feel like you're missing anything. Yeah, the film was released on December 11th, 1999. Sony Pictures TriStar Division released the film's English dub version in the United States and Canada in August 2000 as Godzilla 2000. Apparently, it's a box office disappointment, but I liked it. That would have been perfect, because my birthday is in August, and I have no memory of this whatsoever. Uh, then you should definitely see it, because, you know, like I said... Mo- I think also, I- Millennium Millennium Period Design Godzilla is pretty awesome, because that's, that's another thing. We're talking about these periods, and generally the periods are defined by kind of nebulous concepts, because, you know, they got different directors and, and, and things like that. But usually, within a same period, the design of Godzilla remains pretty consistent. Like, other than the first Godzilla... The Showa period Godzilla tends to look very, what's the word? I mean, classic, but the Heisei period Godzilla gets more like rubbery and almost Sentai looking, like a kind of like a power uh, You get Godzilla doing his happy dance. Exactly, and I adore that. But the Millennium period. That is just so much fun. Yeah, but the Millennium period wanted kind of an updated suit that looked more like. Well, a dinosaur, actually. So he stands more kind of rigidly, but uh, it was was the eyes that I remember, man. Oh, those, those intense eyes. Yeah, I'm not remembering a lot from this time period. Well, so we also got in this time period Godzilla versus uh, Megaguirus, which I didn't actually see that one. Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, giant monster all out attack, which I saw once. <laughs> Should uh, We had a new Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, 
which that Mechagodzilla design is great, but I still love the classic one. Uh, Godzilla Tokyo SOS, which was another one of Mechagodzilla. And then we had Godzilla Final Wars, which, oh man, Godzilla Final Wars is absolutely beautiful, but it's for very specific reasons. bonkers, and I love it. Yeah, point is that the Millennium Period, other than Godzilla 2000 and Godzilla Final Wars, like the ones in the middle are kind of not that memorable as far as I'm concerned, except for Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. That's still pretty good. I feel like that one gets a lot of um, flack from people because it's not, you know, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, but not many movies are. So. <laughs> no, I totally understand. And I think I'm going to take this, you know, moment to talk about this week's uh, sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by the Talkbuster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce about their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you're going to find some of these stories both hilarious and relatable. So if that interests you at all, you can find the Talkbuster podcast on all of your favorite platforms. So with the ad read out of the way, you want to talk like maybe favorite kaiju? Okay, we'll talk. I, I do want to spend some time talking about Godzilla Final Wars. We can talk about that in a bit, I suppose. But real quick, we are currently in the because I'm about to finish this up. We are in what's called the Reiwa period, which is started in 2016 with Shin Godzilla, which I am, apologize to say I still haven't seen. I own it, but I haven't seen it because I've been waiting. I okay, I, I specifically have been waiting for two friends of mine to come over and watch it with me because we're all big Godzilla fans. It's the only reason I haven't actually watched it yet. I know it gets, uh, I, like both of them say it's, you know, they love it. And uh, I've heard a few things that happen. I've heard that it's more of the, you know, back to basics kind of political drama of Japan that with Godzilla as metaphor for the tsunami, apparently in this, t- in this case, which I find really fascinating as a concept, but yeah, I haven't actually seen it yet, but this um, also includes uh, in the Reiwa period, Godzilla planted a monsters godzilla sit on the edge of forever and godzilla the planet eater which those three are netflix animated movies oh that, god they're terrible yeah I, I didn't watch them mostly because as much as i love godzilla i wasn't that interested in the idea of an animated one i kind of loved give me the guy in the suit at the like if you're gonna do that or you know crazy cg godzilla we're getting in the american side as long as anyway they made mecha godzilla a city I mean, it doesn't look anything like Godzilla. It's just a big city with guns on it. Hmm. It doesn't do anything. All right. And then let's see. We've got in Hollywood productions, seeing this uh, list, we've got the 1998 Godzilla, which is a fucking monstrosity and uh, it's atrocious. It's a crime against Godzilla, which is why us in the Godzilla community, we don't even refer to that monster as Godzilla. That monster is called Zilla. And he shows up in Final Wars, and Godzilla kills him in under 30 seconds. And it's wonderful. Anyway, and then we've got, obviously, the 2014 Godzilla by Gareth Edwards. King of Monsters coming out, or came out. And then we have a listed Godzilla vs. Kong. So they're going back to that well in 2020. Which I'm interested in. I mean, Kong Skull Island was entertaining enough. And I like the design of new Godzilla. I love that uh, Toho refers to him as Fat Godzilla. Which, you know, that feels a bit like body shaming, but, you know, whatever. Well, I like that American Godzilla right now looks like a bear, which is kind of cool. Like, he looks, he doesn't look as much like a dinosaur as Japanese Godzilla, but I'm fine with that. Like, it's just a different design. It shows kind of, well, that American sensibility that makes sense when you're adapt. By the way, looking at, looking at success uh, numbers, ticket sales, like, 
it looks like King Kong versus Godzilla did, does dwarf basically everything else in this list. There's only everything in the Showa period actually gets like pretty good numbers. Basically, everything's over. Well, not everything actually. Destroy All Monsters is the last one to crack like two million. But yeah, no, no. So the Showa period is super successful. And oh no, I see what's happening here. Sorry, it's just the the ad, the addendums. To the ticket sales we're making the numbers look weird but yeah like godzilla movies ticket sales generally are like a solid you know several million it looks like and you know for their budgets that's yeah, good stuff see i feel like now is the time for a godzilla resurgence because you have a whole generation from the 80s and 90s that grew up watching the dubbed imported versions of this and buying the toys that you know were dying for re-releases and screenings and more godzilla content like i'm not a fan of shin godzilla i mean there's a guy there's parts i like there's parts i don't like but i wouldn't mind if toho kept doing that and maybe went a bit it just doesn't have the cheese that i like yeah well like i said everything i heard indicates it goes back to original godzilla's I, I concepts of let's tell a serious dramatic story using a giant monster as metaphor right also, I don't actually give a shit about Rotten Tomato scores at all. I think that using them to gauge things is really dumb. But I do think it's interesting that looking at all the Godzilla films scores together, only two of them have greater than 90%. And that's the original Godzilla and Showa era Mothra versus Godzilla. I can kind of understand that because Godzilla movies, you're not watching them for the story. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyway... Now I've finished going through the, like, I feel general information. Now I can answer your kind of question of favorite kaiju, I guess. Which, also, for the record, before we had, you know, American Godzilla, I remember when Pacific Rim came out, and I was like, oh, that's this is touching all of my, you know, inner thoughts of, like, of that kind of stuff I like. You know, giant monsters, giant robots, stuff like that. And then when the first scene of that movie is literally the definition of the word kaiju, I was like, well, I'm sold. <laughs> I still want to live in the universe where that franchise teams up with Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to live in the Del Toro universe where he got to make all the movies he wants and the world doesn't suck. Yeah, unfortunately. Now, because we're going to define Kaiju right basically as loosely as a giant monster, essentially, I'm not going to count something like Jet Jaguar, which is more like a Power Rangers mech essentially and by that so by that definition my favorite kaiju that isn't godzilla because yeah fucking godzilla and i admit i'm i'm biased because like i said it's my favorite uh, godzilla movie but it's, it's biolante biolante is my favorite I, I love both its forms i love the crazy weeds with teeth uh tentacles form that is fucking nightmare fuel and i love the beautiful flower with teeth form <laughs> other than godzilla king Ghidorah is the most iconic kaiju that exists so I totally give it that, yeah. Well, I think, like I said, I'm pretty sure the sound that uh, he makes is lodged right next to the DuckTales theme song. Hmm. And now did that's you ever in watch, your head again. Did, did you ever watch any Gamera movies? Never even knew what Gamera was until he showed up on a death battle. Yeah. Gamera, for anyone who doesn't know, because he is less well-known than Godzilla, was Godzilla's... <laughs> "Quote unquote rival, I guess, in as far as movie sales are concerned, but he never ever approached Godzilla's level of popularity or sales. But he's basically a kaiju that's a giant turtle that can. 
how do I put this? It could bring all his limbs into its shell and then shoot like fire out of all the holes and then can like float by essentially doing the, you know, the war of the world spaceship thing, which is pretty cool. But gamer has got a lot of crazy powers, but I was just curious because he's basically like the only Kaiju to come close to Godzilla as far as running his own franchise. Cause he actually, you know, has a franchise. Yeah. Never caught on in the States for whatever reason. Could just be because here in America, we like stuff that gets smashed and destroyed. And Gamera was, you know, the friend of the children, where Godzilla was, as we opened, the terror of Tokyo. Yeah. I'll, you know, don't understand that Gamera did blow the hell out of the cities usually. But yeah, friend of the children, you're correct about that. It's funny going and looking through this list. There are some of these monster names that like just really don't stand out to me that I can like remember kind of vaguely. Like, okay. Titanosaurus. Okay, that the the picture comes to mind, but I don't have like any memory really associated with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. King Caesar, who was basically like, okay, we can't put King Kong in a movie again, so we'll just make another character with a name that's similar and a design that's similar, but different enough to not get sued. So. Yeah. See, that's. An, I remember, like names. A lot of them have faded with time. But designs, like I can tell you, yeah, you know, there's the giant dog dude and there's the King sea Caesar. monster. Yeah, things like that. Because, again, this is kind of harkening back to what their strength was. You may not remember the names, but you're going to remember the design. Yeah, that's true. That's why That's why Final Wars was such a bonkers movie. Because for anyone who didn't see Final Wars, the plot, right, is that aliens show up. Because aliens show up to Earth every other Godzilla movie. And they use you know technology to take mental control out of every kaiju on the planet except Godzilla because he was frozen. Like that's kind of the only explanation given, and they don't really need one. And then the movie is just Godzilla mowing his way through every monster he's ever fought on his way to fight uh, Ghidorah, essentially. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, they bring back all the classics. I know. I mean, Rodan. Was you know I don't know why Rodan's name, but I guess the big three: Rodan, you know, King Ghidorah, and Mothra. Always easy to remember. Then you know you kind of start getting out there. Like, what was that weird flying pollution monster? Oh, um, was that Ibera? The no, Ibera is the Kraken. Hedera? Was it Hedera? Like I said, the names have escaped me, but the nightmares that movie gave me will never leave. Yeah, Hedera was uh, the smog monster. That's what I thought. It's uh, his his Japanese name, hetero, or he's named for the Japanese word hetero, which means sludge, slime, vomit, or chemical. Kind of like a trash bag <laughs> on someone's... Oh, it's a lame design, but I will never forget the part where it flies over the crowd, and then when it passes over, there's nothing but bones on the beach. It's also interesting to note that you know I'm on this wiki page, right, and which monsters have links to their own pages and which don't. Like, what is... Ukondoro from the Ibera movie. I don't remember Ukondoro, whatever that is, or Doro. Again, if I had a picture, I'd be like, oh yeah, that one. But I don't know. I'm still convinced there's a couple out there I've never heard of because they never got an English dub. There's uh, Godzilla. There's a giant spider named. I remember Komonga. that one. Man, you remember that really, really weird one-off Godzilla movie? about the kid that was obsessed with Godzilla. It was one, It was from the 90s, but he was really obsessed with Godzilla, and there's almost no Godzilla in the movie. 
he like he just keeps imagining himself on Monster Island teaming up with Godzilla and the various other things. And the only reason I remember it is somebody tries to kidnap him and he remembers what the giant spider does and he spits like silly string in their face or some shit. Oh, that does sound familiar. Yeah. And Godzuki is there like as an imaginary friend, as a potential. It was a really, really weird one that I've never found again. I don't know. So it had. All right. So it had baby Godzilla, whatever you want to call it. Manila, little Godzilla, whatever in it. And it had Komunga or something like Komunga. Was it? Was that in Destroy All Monsters? That wasn't Destroy All Monsters, no. No, it was some weird random one-off with not a lot of Godzilla in it. I remember watching it Is as it a kid. Is it Son of Godzilla? I think that's Maybe? Son of Godzilla. I don't know. Comments. Let us know. Because like I said, this is one I've never been able to find again. And I'm only convinced it doesn't... It's not a you know, made-up fever dream just because I remember it's so detailed. Yeah, I don't know. Those those Godzilla memories are deep seated. Oh yeah, no, I'm still forming early memories watching Godzilla, which is why I don't remember a lot of the names, but I remember some of the things. All right, so, all right, so King Ghidorah we established by Alanti, right? Those are your favorite kaiju. I, I said my favorite Godzilla movie is Godzilla versus Biolanti, which is oh spoiler, my suggestion of the week. Uh, what is your favorite Godzilla movie? If you really think you had to pick one, uh, that's going to be. Godzilla versus Monster Zero. I don't know what the retitle was, but that's the one where the people from Planet X come down and go, our planet is being terrorized by Monster Zero. We need to borrow Godzilla and Rodan to go kick his ass. Any memory of this one? Well, I think its original name is one of those, you know, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah or something like that, but I don't remember which one specifically because i don't see godzilla versus monster zero yeah. in the actual i list. don't know what it was called because i only ever really had it on vhs and this is one of the ones i watched over and over again because they take you know rodan and godzilla up to this planet and they team up to beat you know king Ghidorah, and then godzilla does his happy dance and they fly back with the cure to cancer on a vinyl album only to discover it's a declaration of war from planet x invasion of the astro monster maybe like i said i only ever had it as godzilla versus monster yeah. zero it's a uh, in the year 196x two astronauts are sent to investigate the surface of the mysterious planet x yeah this is a uh, invasion of the astro monster which yeah, was released that one. in um 1965 in japan and 1970 in the states so that's a pretty old one for you to pick well, like I said, that was kind of that was my whole time period was a lot of that older stuff because that's what ran on TV during the afternoons. Whereas that old, you know, generation stuff. And I remember that was the one because that had, you know, first you get all the monsters teaming up to destroy the world, and then they we get Godzilla and Rodan free, and they team up to fight King Ghidorah. And that was my first real exposure to King Ghidorah because I had two. Uh, VHS tapes that I watched over and over again with Godzilla. And the first one was Godzilla, King of the Monsters, you know, the American recut with Perry Mason and, you know, Godzilla versus Monster Zero. Mine were Godzilla versus Gigan and Godzilla versus Megalon. I watched those two a lot. I also had Godzilla versus Gigan, but for some reason, like I liked Gigan. Didn't like who they had Godzilla teaming up. In Godzilla versus Gigan, it's Angiris. And in Godzilla vs. Megalon, it's Anguirus and Jet Jaguar. So I, I don't know what Anguirus you're talking about. In that one. I remember Jet Jaguar. I remember Anguirus. 
Yeah, I love Jet Jaguar. I love that sound the Jet Jaguar makes when it moves. <laughs> mm. was, that was too close to Power Rangers for me, not in the good way. I always liked it, uh, especially like they had a really creepy face. But anyway, oh god, yes, maybe that's what it was. The face was too weird. <laughs> Remember how Ulrich was saying that it can be pretty expensive? Well, looking at the current U.S. licenses, like a lot of these are in different collections. Like there's the Criterion Collection, there's Universal Pictures Home Entertainment, Kraken releasing, Lionsgate. So it's like because they're under different licenses, getting these movies together is a pain. Yes. Like I said, I want to get them because I want to show them to my daughter because I want her to have the same experiences, you know, that I did. And, you know, as a parent, you always want things you can bond with your kids over. And Godzilla feels like it's relatively safe. I mean, I'm still trying to do the math on when I can show her Starship Troopers, (sighs) but I go back and forth on that one. All right. See, Godzilla is the safe option. I can show her Godzilla without any real negative repercussions unless she decides to play Godzilla at school and, you know, beat everybody up. But that's probably a given anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the cool thing about Godzilla is one, it's such a key part of our childhood, but it's also such a basic part of our childhood. They've all kind of melted together in one big pile that you have to separate piece by piece going. Now, I thought this one was a different movie, but you're telling me that that wasn't. Oh, OK. You know, one thing that is interesting is I've never seen a good Godzilla video game. And I'm a big yeah. proponent of I'm a big proponent of video games are as like a great artistic medium and the interactivity. I prefer a video game to any other form of entertainment if I have the option, but Godzilla games just tend to suck and it's hard to pin down why. Like I've seen many different versions of them. I've seen the single player go and destroy the city, but they usually run into the problem of maneuvering Godzilla feels like, you know, moving through slime like it's difficult and slow and and then i've seen fighting games which are you know fun for like an afternoon but don't have any standing appeal because their systems are usually you know kind of crappy and i I don't know what it is like why it's funny because you know japan puts out like uh, anime video games all the time to varying degrees of goodness but it just surprises me that I've like never seen a decent Godzilla video game. Not really. Yeah, no, I was just thinking about that. I don't know why it is so hard to make a decent Godzilla video game. I remember as a kid that I my brothers convinced me that Rampage was a Godzilla game. And it made sense in my head. I mean, there's a Lizzie and there's, you know, George. Okay, it's King Kong Godzilla and there's a Wolfman. Hey, you know what? I'm sure that's a Godzilla movie I haven't seen yet. Uh, well, you could probably make the argument that it's like King Caesar since King Caesar. I've said earlier, King, King Caesar wasn't out yet, I don't think. Dude, well, King Caesar first shows up in 1974. So I'm like, saying I don't know if it had been re-released to American television. Because ah. that's the other one I remember. That's another one I remember being uh, released for. Because again, that was another one I watched with my cousins and having the Godzilla's figures gathered around the TV. This one. No, it was because it was um, Godzilla versus. Uh, well, it was released in the United States as Godzilla versus the Bionic Monster, even though it's it's Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and that's 1977. So yeah, well, that's who he was fighting. Because I don't remember who he was fighting. I just remember King Caesar going. Not sure if I like this monster design or not. Got well, a creepy face. Well, because he's got that face. Like I say, he looks like one of those uh, statues uh, you see in China all the time of like the lion dogs. So man, Godzilla is awesome. Yes. Anyway. Point being, though, that I could have bought that with the... I think that's why I was interested in Rampage. I didn't think it was a Godzilla title, but I was like, this is Godzilla-like, so that's why I was into it. (laughs) 
which is kind of circling back to the original point, why is it so hard to make a good Godzilla game? There seems like it's a straight path, like a fighting game. That's the easiest one to do, but it seems like they've never really been able to make that work. Well, the problem is, as someone who plays a lot of fighting games, fighting games are... What's really important about how they feel is like quickness of... Uh, what's the word? like uh, How fast they respond to your input, right? And how snappy... and That's one of the reasons why... Like people who make like Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue are still in business because they're like the best in the business at doing anime fighters, essentially, you know, your Skullgirls and your stuff. But even things like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, it's about like, you know, you press a button, the punch is basically already out, you know, you got your combos, your your stuff like that. But it, it it's about fluidity, right? These are fighting games come from the same kind of place as rhythm games, I would say, as far as aesthetics are concerned. And so far, every attempt at a Godzilla fighting game I've seen tries to do the whole like make them feel like giant monsters so they move like really sluggishly thing but what what was it uh was it primal rage i mean that was a fighting game that used literal dinosaurs to fight so yeah but as you were talking about it i was thinking about it and i just i can't imagine any of the monsters being really fast moving and that's largely because my friend references the movie when they were moving in big bulky suits they couldn't really see out of and the last thing you want to do is go sprinting through a uh film set covered in tiny explosive miniatures yeah but now that i've said that like i said i feel like use primal rage as the actually i don't even need to see necessarily a godzilla you could just remake primal rage and then like just add some like like add Godzilla as one of the they do it in Mortal Kombat all the time. The <laughs> yeah, I just want Primal Rage remade. I was just thinking about that. Like I missed that game. Anyway, I think we're actually. I feel like it's relevant enough, but still, we're off topic. <laughs> oh, also, you know what's funny? Like I adore Godzilla. I'm terrified of the ocean. I wonder if there's any sort of connection. Maybe it's because like like Godzilla's great, but he still is. I wouldn't want to be you know in a ship with him underneath me, and it's. He's got that kind of eldritch quality of this is a giant freaking monster in the depths of the ocean that can come out at any point and just destroy everything. And I don't know. I, I've never thought about that. But now that I'm saying it out loud, it's like maybe there's something there. That's one of the things I really do like about this new Godzilla verse, Zilla verse, monster verse, whatever they're calling it, in that they're treating these uh, kaiju as these are ancient eldritch gods of the planet. You know, they were here, they're here before us, they'll be here after us. Yeah, and they always got to give Ken Watanabe at least one great line. <laughs> Apparently. Man, you know there's a Godzilla hotel in Tokyo? Uh, I've heard about it. I don't know much about it, but I, I know it exists. I mean, one, I want to go stay there. Just, you know, childhood dream. And two, God bless Japan for realizing the marketability of that giant green monster. Anyway, we're kind of uh, hitting our time code here, and I feel like we've said the word Godzilla, you know, 8,000 times, which is hard to avoid when you're having this kind of conversation, but... Make a drinking game out of it. Take a shot every time we say Godzilla. Don't do not do that. I don't want to be liable for alcohol poisoning. Geeks and Shields is not liable for alcohol poisoning. Anyway, point is that hopefully this gets across that while neither of us would ever claim to be like super fans or experts, we both have always, we've loved Godzilla for the entirety of our lives. We want to see good or at least fun movies come out of him. We want to see more stuff with Godzilla in it in general, which is why I hold out hope 
which is why if there is an, enough monsters and monster fighting in this upcoming uh, American release, it probably won't matter to me if you know the the movie around it is not that bad. Although now they got Millie Bobby Brown, uh, you know, hot off Stranger Things. Hopefully she pulls. Hopefully they don't do the Brian the thing they did before, where it's like let's put Brian Cranston in the trailers, but then kill him half an hour in because you know. Ooh, no, I think they're going to tie her to Mothra. And like we've said, the story of a Godzilla movie doesn't have to be compelling as long as the monster fights are awesome. That's what we're showing up for. Everything else is gravy. Yeah, that's why uh, that's why Pacific Rim knew what it was doing, where it was like, okay, the actual characters are basically cartoon characters, and we're just going to give you like five solid giant robot scenes and you won't really think about the scenes that don't involve giant robots. So similar thing with Godzilla movies. That was one of the many, many reasons the sequel to Pacific Rim failed. Yes, but I don't want to talk about that. because. Anyways, suggestions of the week. Fun well, thing. we kind of already talked about it, which is, like I said, my suggestion of the week is if you haven't seen Godzilla vs. Biolanti, because it's not one of the more well... I mean, they literally didn't bring Biolanti back, like, ever. Biolanti gets one movie, which is fine, because it means that she's kind of unblemished. But well, point is, it's not. She comes back as Space Godzilla. Well, unless that was Ma- they, they say specifically in the movie that the the like G factor, the, the Godzilla cells were brought into space by. But I don't remember if it was Mothra or Biolanti. But point is, they're not the same creature. No. <laughs> uh, but so if you if you've missed out on Godzilla versus Biolanti, give that one a shot because it's it's like basically a horror movie, and I I love it. <laughs> Godzilla Final Wars, which you can purchase in the Toho collection if you're willing to drop that much money. It, as we talk about, it's a salute to Godzilla. It's Godzilla fighting all of his classic nemesis, nemesi, nemesis. I'm not sure what the plural nemesis. 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 There it is. And I mean, even the aliens are the are redone aliens from Planet X, which is kind of a fun callback to what is one of my favorite Godzilla movies. Uh, my only real complaint is I'm not a big fan of the King Ghidorah design, but other than that, this is a lot of fun. And it is it leans fully into the cheese and the dumb, and it's just everything that five-year-old me would have wanted out of a Godzilla movie. Also, it's got what is the it's basically the dude from G.I. Joe in it. What's his name? Which character? Are you talking about the uh, sub-commander with the mustache of metal? Yes, and he's the only one speaking English in the movie. Like, everyone else is speaking Japanese, and he still speaks English. So. He's awesome. <laughs> he pilots the sub. I think that the sub flies at one point. Anyways, it's an insane movie, and if you haven't seen it, see it. If you're only going to see one Godzilla movie watch this one because if you love this one you're gonna love godzilla if you hate this well, one well then you're i'm gonna say life. personally if you can only watch one godzilla movie you should watch the original because the original is important to film but i get what you mean if i'm trying to pitch someone on godzilla i'm gonna say watch final wars will work backwards from there you know it's kind of how i treat star trek so i, I get it all right well Thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe because every time you share, that's less time we have to share, which means we can spend more time working on this podcast and spending time with our loved ones. And whatever platform you're currently listening to us on, thank you. We mostly push SoundCloud because while we're on SoundCloud and YouTube, YouTube has algorithms and stuff that you know can cause problems for us. And SoundCloud's you, you know, downloaded. And there's not ads and stuff, so. 
whichever one works. We're currently looking into uh, you know a handful of other sites depending on you know what our current patreon levels are and stuff and what we can handle so if there's any particular hosting platform you like let us know what it is and we'll look into it as always this has been lord commander ulrich and his shield brother axel Wright. be sure to tune in next time and as always stay honorable